Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Welcome to our second episode. I'm uh, ever. Ever. Uh, the second episode that I'm sitting with my hair like. You know how you guys like to listen backwards? We like to record backwards. And actually, <laughs> we've tricked you. This is only episode two. This is me in reverse. <laughs> you know how when you play Led Zeppelin backwards and it's like demonic? Yeah. That's what that sounded if like. If someone plays something, if they play us backwards, what do you think uh, the, the track sounds we've like? We've literally had this oh, I love Lemon. <laughs> what does that sound backwards because <laughs> so that's gonna be frightening oh. um welcome it is a nice smoky day in california our eyes are stinging and i'm i'm the unsub today i'm wearing my criminal mind sweatshirt i like your big hoops thank you i've been watching a lot of criminal minds they're trying to get in character you know i like your your ensemble today is different than what you're what you're really? usually it's rocking the, it's only this headband it's i guarantee be. you i don't know what it it's is the only thing i've changed this is meant as a compliment you're not gonna take it that way but i don't care I'm... it's meant as a compliment you look like classy trash oh thanks <laughs> you look like you look like like what's the word that i'm thinking it looks cool Clashy. clashy trashy no it's meant as a compliment i promise it look you look like like, I could not pull that off. Well, I did move back to the Midwest and, uh, you know, back to my roots. So maybe well, I'm pulling. I mean, a really classy trash really was like the least, like, I'm glad I prefaced it first. You're from Virginia and I'm from Ohio. We both get it. I get it. No, you look really, st- I'm very like, I can't stop looking at you. What's happening? When we were when we were recording the last, apparently I'm under classy trash. <laughs> 
actually, we're learning a lot about I think you it, and your It's got to be something with the headband and the I think it's the hoops. the hoops and the headband. These are also, uh, we're like $5.99 at Claire's, so I'm pretty sure I'm really actually You just look like someone fresh. at a barbecue who, like, is really, like, comfortable with yourself, and that's, like, but it's also, like, I've never, ever, boosting. ever been called comfortable with myself, so this is a new one. I don't know what's For going on. The I'm German gonna... kid who tried to be emo couldn't cut it. I'm going to think of the phrase later, and then I'll be like, that's what I You're meant. You're going to text me that specific word. I'll text well, you in, like, nine years. I appreciate it. I take it as a compliment. Um, I, I do, truly. I promise. You, you, you I've look I've never been stunning. called classy anything, so. I mean, no one's more fashionable than this. I was going to say, you look also that you're i understand if you feel jealous about my looks i think you're just trying to like overcompensate make me feel better because we know who's who's the upper hand in this scenario i'm still wearing their hair up in this lovely situation mushroom situation before we started recording i said christine it's called fashion ever heard of it and i literally went i haven't thanks for asking <laughs> look at me i'm gonna find that because you were reminding me of someone you're giving off very specific energy today i'm gonna find that person energy. and i'm gonna send you the picture and that person, by the way, is beautiful. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, that's what I look like? Is it going to be me? <laughs> what if it's like yourself? You're like, see? I'm <laughs> just looking in a picture. mirror. <laughs> um, what if it just turned out that you were really attracted to yourself and you were like, I see you in me and that's why I'm so attracted to you. You know what I'm saying? You know, it would be convenient. Yeah. Because um, I walk with me every day. You know what I'm saying? It's like something my mother would do where I like took a photo and she's like, you look so great. And I'm like, thanks. And she's like, you look just like me. when I And I was like, wait. You're just complimenting yourself. You know what I mean? I think it's some, I don't know. It's like maybe again, it's like the 60s thing of like this and the big hoops. Maybe you're helping that like, but you're bringing it to a modern time. Yeah. Like some little modern trash. Who am I? Okay. Anyway. Take me out. I wanted to say something. <sighs> After all of that. <laughs> Elsa Freeze. I have but, something to say. You've put me on a pedestal. I just feel so bad. Someone's going to be like, wow, classy trash. I have it's the a shittiest compliment. thing to say. Oh. For you. For me? Yes. Do you really? Congratulations on being verified on twitter <laughs> I'm i feel so, so bad for you Christine. happy for you i feel so bad for you i really i this don't this is like not a joke folks it's I, happened again uh, it, it's happened again if you thought christine's world can come tumbling down any further it has i once was kicked more. while i was down by the social media gods we i still have not been able to get verified on instagram and a lot of people are throwing conspiracy around theories around which is so much fun for me to read because i'm like Maybe I they're right, honestly. At this point, like, I know, like, people, like, made jokes and stuff. But now that I'm also verified on Twitter and you haven't been verified on either, <laughs> now I'm also on board. Like, something's wrong. Something's up something's because wrong. here's what's wrong. It's because on Instagram, I'm like, maybe there was a holdup with my submission or my account or something. The fact that now it's on Twitter, which is a completely different company. I don't even remember. And the podcast and you got verified the same day on Twitter. And I... You and I are both in the bio of the podcast, so you and I were both in there, <laughs> and I just was like, and we have the same amount of followers. Like, there's no reason. You have to be blacklisted on something. Something, right? You have to. Like, be. either I fucked something up, which is entirely possible, but I don't know what. But also, like, here's the thing, like, and this is not going to make you feel any better, um, classy trash, but <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't even ever once apply to verify. No, but that's verified. what it is, because remember we were talking about, I was saying, like, oh, they're reopening Twitter verification, like... I couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, no, so. no, like they're doing it, like they're doing it on their end now for verified accounts. They're like they did this for Wine and Crime because remember Wine and Crime was like we didn't submit, we just got verified, and all three hosts got verified when their podcast got verified, and I was like, great. So when you would think by association, I would also be blacklisted. Then you'd think, wouldn't you? 
I have no idea what's going on. I don't either. And it's almost like comical at this point. I kind of wish like even if you didn't get verified, I would still want to I would sleep easier knowing why. I just want to know why. I kind of want to I kind of do and I kind of don't because I'm like now I feel like actually worried I did something. They're threatened by you because you're so pretty with your Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I knew there was a reason you were trying to compliment me. Anyway, (laughs) point being, I'm still very happy for you because I know how badly you want to be verified on Twitter. I have I have said like I felt and I literally have no leg to stand on, but like very selfishly speaking, I like no leg to stand on compared to like you right now with you have near me and my no legs. I'm on the ground being kicked. Yeah. <laughs> but I have been like, if I'm verified on one, it feels off kilter to not be verified on the other. Yeah. So I've on my own very much wanted to be verified on Twitter for a while now. But I also knew like I really like shouldn't be talking about that considering like you should at least get Instagram first and then we can both fight well, Twitter together. You know, I'm I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy for the podcast. Whatever. I mean, at this point, it's like I'm just uh, kind of laughing at it. I'm happy, but I'm happy for myself. But at the same time, it's like so bittersweet because I'm like, I don't really want to jump up and down for no, joy. No, I want you to be happy. But I, want... I, I want you I'm to like, be on my deathbed, like I want you to be happy, but I'm also <laughs> side-eyeing you like, but you better not marry someone else after my demise. Uh-huh, right, right, right. But I still want you to be happy. Very Nelly. But not that happy. Do. Yeah, very Nelly of me. No, I, I just, I do... I'm at the point, too, where I think you absolutely are blacklisted Yo, we talk, I texted our manager. And she, I was like, hey, this is, like, not urgent by any means. And this is not a huge deal. But, like, can we actually figure out what's going on? Because I'm worried that I've done something wrong. Right. And now it's, like, our listeners are on, like, the Facebook Patreon group and stuff, like, talking, like, <laughs> what did Christine do about, like, to get this, to make this well, happen? Well, also, it might be because so many people were trying to be helpful. That's a lot that we might have, fear. We might have overloaded Instagram yeah, in general. please don't email or, like... And a lot of people have, like, ugh. people have sent us screenshots of them cussing out Instagram. Yeah, being, that's like, not helpful. You're going to get me back on that list. Like, all, you, all they probably did was, like, me. upset Instagram. Yeah, a lot of people were like, I got drunk, and then I, like, you know shit posted instagram and all this stuff in your name and i'm like well that's not gonna help me they're not gonna want to verify me after that so um i do appreciate all the support on my behalf um in other news today anyway apparently uh someone either hacked zach bagan's profile or they someone made a fake zach bagan's profile and a bunch of people were getting added and everyone thought zach bagan's was adding all these people oh geez apparently it's not zach bagan's but that's that's what I've heard recently. Maybe that motherfucker blocked. Remember when he blocked me? He's got to know someone on Instagram There's and been like be this fucking girl. She, she cannot is be. so the podcast and M can be verified, but this <laughs> chick, it's too far. I I like to blame Zach, or I like to blame most people. Actually, that's the conspiracy most people live by in our in a listener group. Most people, I'm like the 20 people that I've like <laughs> read on Reddit who actually talk about it. But um, anyway, I don't want anyone to think I'm like being very petty and upset and whatever. It's just like at this point, I'm like, what did I do? It's only I don't think it sounds petty. It's just it's it's just funny, mm-hmm. as Megan would say, mm-hmm. because like, why would it happen to one of us and not the other? It's just a mystery. And our podcast. It's really strange. Two and on three. two different companies. You know, the day Eva gets verified <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> My Blaze was like, is Eva verified? And I was like, I can't. I can't do this. I'm looking tomorrow. Them. And I was like, you know why? Because she would never tell me. She would probably like find a fucking, she would find a hacker to hide it from me to make yeah, it not. Yeah, if she got verified, she would DM Instagram and be like, can you, can you please take un- it off? Can you unverify me, please? This bitch is never going <laughs> to let me live this down. Oh my God. No, I mean, listen. And my brother was like, Christine, this is not a joke. I'm very serious. Like, what if Beach to Sandy and Zandy get? He was like, I could actually, he's like, I, this was used to be a, a funny joke. He's like, now I could legitimately be verified before you. And I'm like, 
Now that will upset me. <laughs> I think if my brother gets verified and I'm like, I'm in two of these and they're both verified. Oh, no. Um, oh, also that being said, a lot of people for whatever reason are finding Beach Tea Sandy now and not knowing that I'm the host and being like, she sounds just <laughs> like you. Well, so side her. note, I have another podcast. People don't seem to know that called Beach Tea Sandy Water 2 Went. Since I'm not verified, I'm just going to plug that instead. <laughs> um, so check that out because people keep DMing me now and going, this sounds just this chick sounds just like you and i'm like interesting mm. you should go listen to that one episode with that other person who sounds just like me and that was say spooky spots in salem featuring the m schultz who's verified by the way on instagram if you need wow you had a verified person on your on your double verified show yeah <laughs> i brag about it all the time wow anyway congratulations to you thank you uh, that was my note and uh, i think that's all i had to say you don't have any other notes i think i have one that you're you're gonna want to talk about oh yeah what is your myers-briggs oh yeah i finally took it again and then i found an old thing and it matched um it was i n f p t what does the t stand for christine turbulent what does that mean i've oh okay. i looked it up because my mom is an i n f p a which is assertive and it means i, I think... feel like maybe i the last time that i took myers i used to take them all, especially like in college when i was like surrounded by other psych students like our favorite thing was right. personality tests i've taken myers briggs probably a million times and never seen this like secondary a t i've only seen the four it's a lot and then i did a poll on the close friends on Inst- or no it was just on instagram and had people guess and a lot of people guessed it right and i was like that's surprising um a lot of people didn't and they were like e T what a J and I was like I literally the opposite of all of those I guess um but yeah the T stands for turbulent which I guess means that I don't really have a grasp on reality myself or my goals <laughs> which like shocker um and my mom's is assertive which is like you're more uh gr- you don't care as much what other people think I think is the the I see. total and I, I want to find out what mine do. is I want to find out what mine is take it again man you I know have where to, to now. go and I took it on like I think it was called like 16 personality mm-hmm. or something I don't know um so yeah anyway so fun fact that's me now I may maybe that's I'm upset because I used to be ENFJ which apparently is like the most rare one and i was like oh shit like look no because everyone dm me was like i'm the most rare one and i was like you can't all be the most rare one well in, in that case then i, I don't feel ENFJ too bad was the most common one i don't know i was oh enfj for a long time and as i've gotten older the i keep getting infp that's what i am right yeah oh so now you're upset okay isfj sorry is the most per- popular isfj huh i don't think i'm any of those i'm your i uh, introvert yeah <laughs> I'm an f and turbulent yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow anyway. i'm a fucking mess anyway so that's that uh all right anyway okay thank you for your... letting me talk about my personality test for a minute well it was it was funny because we're both infj infj infp yeah um what's p stand for perceiving right versus judging right well i'm surprised you're not the judgy one yeah you literally just called me classy trash you know what that was a great judgment I agree with what I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad judgment. I'm saying it's an accurate judgment. <laughs> and that's judgment. why you should be a J. <laughs> I'm also perceiving you as trash, but in like the best way, apparently. That I gotta... weirdly makes my heart fuzzy and warm. I hope you're not offended. because I'm not offended. There's... Look at me. You know when I'm offended. 
I can tell in my eyes when I'm offended. I need to find the 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 picture of what I'm talking about, and then you're gonna see it and be like, "Holy shit, that's a nice compliment." I'm literally too exhausted to even be offended that I'm not a, like verified on anything. Like I'm just too I N F whatever to be. You just look like someone I want to hang out with at the barbecue. That's what I'm saying. It's literally, I've never received a nicer compliment than that. So Thank I promise you. you, I'm taking it very very well. Well, okay, so let's get into let's this. Let's go story. to a barbecue. Oh shit, I thought we were going to the barbecue. All right, but- fine. Hold on to that because I'm going to get back to it. And the answer is always yes. Great. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Last episode, I covered Nellie Butler, the apparently first ghost in America. See, she wants you to believe that, Nellie, and she's kind of full of it. She's like the mongoose all over I feel again. like she wrote the notes. Because, like, first of all... She wrote the, your notes? Yeah. Nellie was from the 18th century, but, like, we've had ghosts in America for, like, also, another couple hundred years like before America that. has, exi- like, you know, there were people here. Since the 1600s, at least. Before Nellie and her, you know yeah european friends yeah exactly what's well, not like and i'm just talking about the european settlers like an asshole like no yes, no but like i guess what you're saying more. like since america was <laughs> colonized is not apparently even the word we're supposed to use now like oh really I, yeah I, now i don't want to say because i'm gonna no 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 this miss, is this is good education but apparently apparently that's not there's the new phrasing <laughs> i forget oh, i saved goodness. it on instagram so i could read it later no wow okay good to know we'll have to look that up um, um but yes. yeah no there's like hundreds of spirits before this one but apparently she's the first documented one in america and she's probably not even real she'll I think, have us believe a lot of things this nelly i think you and i 
confirmed for ourselves at least like she's probably a hoax i think you and i could pull off this exact haunting i can certainly in our apartment talk in a cellar like she did well, you and i certainly do talk in a lot of <laughs> cellars yeah um okay so i this is new england instead of this being america's first ghost this is new england's last vampire whoa what does it mean <laughs> okay this is... what's the record scratch then something like that i can't do the scratch sound we just go to the barbecue okay i'm sorry so last vampire where the new england's last vampire okay got it didn't know there was one to begin with but apparently there were enough that this is the last one got it so uh up the rear her name is mercy lena brown it's a lady vampire lady vampire a lady vamp um, and Lena? this is Mercy Lena Brown. Okay. Um, so this is in Exeter, Rhode Island. Mm. And uh, which, uh, according to the Exeter Historical Association, is the town is described as rocks, rocks, and more rocks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> By the historical society? <laughs> oh, my God. I love when people can own their, like, own classy trash, you know? <laughs> Just, like, own it. Just, like, live it, be it. Absorb it. Okay, so in the 19th century, Exeter was dealing with um, a lot of bad luck, and the town was very quickly declining. They lost like a thousand people right after the Civil War because with the invention of railroads, a lot of people left for industrial jobs. Okay, makes sense. Um, And so instead of all their careers in rocks that they were having, you know, there was just they were there were too many rock people. A lot of rocks. Um, So one. One guy there, he was a farmer named George Brown, mm-hmm. and he had a wife, Mary Elizabeth, and they lived in Exeter and with their three kids. So George and Mary, oh, oh no, not Mary Elizabeth, sorry, Mary Eliza. Mm-hmm. I just added the second. So you got out of Beth. It's okay. Have you ever thought of how many nicknames come out of the word Elizabeth? I actually have. Because Elizabeth, Liz, Lizzie, Eliza, Beth, Betty. Libby. Libby. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Ellie. Ellie, you could literally have all like eight, eight children, children named Elizabeth, Elizabeth. <laughs> and like we spent all too much time together. Yeah, and I will, by the way. <clears throat> oh well, that's what. Thank God, someone. Ought I to. mean, maybe I'll have like two sets of quadruplets. That's easier, right? That's ex- that's definitely <laughs> easier <laughs> biologically. Um, oh so God. also, have I'm trying to think like what's a name with even more nicknames than Elizabeth? I think Elizabeth takes. I think that might win. Yeah. I have actually thought about that. Maybe Charles, because you got like Chuck, Chuck, Chip, Charlie, Chaz. Chaz is that a is that Chaz a... is short for Charles? And you know what's wild though? Hmm. Charles might take the cake because it's one syllable of a name, right? And Elizabeth has so many. Yeah, with Elizabeth you got a lot to play with. Charles, you really have to like stretch it. You gotta chip, chuck it, chip it. Anyway, if you've got a name longer than Elizabeth that uh, gets the award, let us know. Yeah. Um. Okay, so George and Mary Eliza mm-hmm. had three kids. Their names were Mary Olive, Mercy Lena, and Edwin. Okay. Um, so I know I said earlier Eliza. So it's Mary Eliza. Their kid. Their kids are Mary Olive, Mercy Lena, and Edwin. I don't know why Edwin doesn't have two names, but apparently back then, um, at least in early America the first name was usually honorary and usually like a, the oh. name of a grandparent and you didn't actually use the first name you would usually go by your middle name interesting so the first name was just like oh and your name 
you're named in honor of this person, but oh. we go by this other name for you. So Mary Eliza was probably named after like Grandma Mary, but they called her Eliza. Got it. And then they had um, kids, Mary Olive, where like Mary was honorary for something, but they called her Olive. That's cute. Mercy Lena. So even though her name is Mercy Lena Brown, people knew her as Lena Brown. And Mercy was nice. an honorary That's name. That's a nice name. Else. Yeah. Um, and then fucking Edwin. So <laughs> Edwin is just <laughs> named after nobody. And then Big Ed. Um, and so... <laughs> Uh, in 1883, there was uh, Mary Eliza was 37 years old, and she contracted and soon died of my favorite <gasps> consumption. So, if you don't know what consumption is, it is tuberculosis. This is episode two, so you might not know yet. <laughs> if you're playing this backwards, <laughs> consumption's my favorite, truly, because I didn't know it was tuberculosis. Oh, I think that was literally episode two. Was it? Yeah, because it was a clothesline cookies. I think oh, that was episode right. two. Uh huh. Because yep. you were like, "Oh, it's eating too much cake." I was like, "I also have consumption. I'm so hungry right now." And I kind of just stared at you for like eight seconds while I like drank a dumbass. Okay. <laughs> so consumption. Uh, so fun fact: tuberculosis. Uh, I didn't think we could have more fun facts about it, but here we go. Uh, it was actually coined in the 1830s from the Latin word tuberculum, which means small swelling bump or pimple. Uh oh. So now next time you have a zit, you actually have a tuberculum. Ugh. Um. Bummer. Cons tuberculum bummer tuberculum nope okay i'm gonna let you have that one okay so that's the fun fact about tuberculosis another fun fact about consumption is that that phrase was coined from ancient greek and the word pithesis um which uh meant to consume the life out of someone Ooh, so that's, that's where consumption mentor of them yes yikes so also if you're reading harry potter the Dementors probably have consumption. Or they're at least going to throw consumption your way. They're going to infect you with some pimples. Play with that however you want. Yeah. Um, so consumption wasn't the only plague in New England because there was also a plague of vampires, <gasps> apparently. Named the Cullens. No, I'm kidding. Um, but in the... So from 1870 to 1900, New England was known, fun fact again, as the Transylvania of North America. Yeah. I didn't know this. I didn't either. I'm just making oh. it up. I'm like, yeah, I was yeah. like, damn, you are smart. No, okay. I'm certainly not. Um, but yeah, apparently for that's 30 years. a really wild. The Transylvania of North, of North America, yeah. because of its hotbed of vampires. And rocks. And rocks. So well, that's quite a what is the personality they've got. They've got vampires and rocks. What more um, do you need, really? I'm trying to think of a fun pun that involves mm -hmm. bats and rocks. Nope. Someone um, else. Someone's going to tweet us and I'm going to hit my head against a wall <laughs> with a bat or a rock wait a minute okay so what? uh the belief in vampires goes back to uh babylonian times um and they were spirits or demons who weren't buried properly and therefore they come back from the dead and try to suck the life from mortals to to come back to life fully sure um and in 2004 it's at least since then it's still been like uh, a belief in some families in 2004 there was one family who exhumed a body of a relative no. cut out his heart <gasps> with a pitchfork and burned it because they apparently the their family member who died right before he died he had drank their blood <gasps> and what? after he died all of them were sick so they felt like oh he'd become a vampire and like remotely was like killing us slowly and that's why we were getting sick Maybe it's because he drank all your blood. What? I, I don't know. I don't know the rest of that story. I should have looked it up, but that's something fun for you to Google. Oh, um, okay. It was a they were like they okay. were a Romanian family. 
um, in okay. 2004. Maybe they were involved. I mean, they must have then been involved if he got all of their blood. Like, did he? Get, I don't even know how much of each of their blood, or if it was just one of their blood, or did they voluntarily give their blood? I'm thinking, like, there's a lot of things I should have. A lot been of moving to parts here, and I chose not to. So, <laughs> um, allegedly, uh, yeah, allegedly because he drank their blood. So, in 1784, was the first American scare. Because there was a letter to the editor in one of the local papers in Connecticut where Councilman Moses Holmes warned people of a doctor who was urging people to dig up and burn relatives to stop consumption. And the thought was because they were trying to come back to life remotely. Oh. By taking, by like, you don't have to be in the spreading same Spreading the illness. Yeah. Or like sucking your life. Oh, right. So if okay. you if you burn them and get rid of them, then no matter where in the world they are, they can't suck the life away from you. So you also die of consumption. So there was this weird. But then also you're digging up dead bodies that had been infected with consumption. So you're probably just like bringing the illness back. Uh, probably so. Like I it's <sighs> this is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So there is a. um uh i'm trying to think of the word there was an overlap i guess in the world at that time or at least in new england at that time where consumption and vampires meant the same thing so like if you had consumption a vampire might have been the cause of it um or if you had consumption you might become a vampire well, later and try to come back because there were those theories too with like witchcraft where if people fell ill it was like oh it must be witchcraft someone is right a witch is making you sick like the cause of consumption for a while was thought to be vampires right yeah wow so so the guy who was warning people of a doctor who was digging up bodies and relatives to stop consumption the same man who was reporting that said that he had seen bodies being exhumed at the doctor's request and um so that was he said i think the public ought to be aware of being led away by such an imposter so he was one of the people who said like like we're we're really gonna go with this vampire yeah, thing like, like <laughs> uh, hello put the shovel down um so one of the bodies that actually was exhumed by this doctor ironically is also named nelly um and the guy's name is moses by the way which we didn't oh mention. my god yeah i was gonna say i wasn't gonna say it until like, you said nelly my and i went this is the second moses and the second nelly that we've like ever covered on the podcast ever okay so both moses's i've ever mentioned and both nelly's were in each other's stories back to back someone's gonna be like literally eight episodes ago you talked about nelly oh my gosh but yeah okay, i don't remember if you're listening backwards get ready because the next episode has a moses and a nelly yeah wow is that weird right Maybe it was just common. Maybe because they're vampires. They like they They just live forever. And ghosts. I don't know. Um okay. Maybe it was just the same time period, right? Sort of. Yeah, so maybe it was just those were the common, common names. names. We're so stupid. Okay. I, hey, listen. <laughs> okay, I'm so I sort stupid. of thought that's what we were going with until you didn't even cross my mind. So Moses was saying, look out for this doctor because he was examining bodies. One of them happened to be someone named Nellie Vaughn, um, whose grave is supposedly cursed to this day. Because, like, no vegetation will grow on it, even if they try to plant things Ooh. in the area. And at the bottom, the inscription on Nellie's tombstone says, um, I'm watching and waiting for you. It Well, I wouldn't plant anything there. Super creepy. Don't plant your carrots there. Um, so anyway, that's all I have to say about that, but it was a fun fact. What a creepy thing to put on a headstone. <clears throat> I hope I put something creepy on I was just on thinking that. I'm like, I'm a little jealous. It's going to be something that's like very mysterious. You and I are going to have the dumbest fucking headstones. We're going to be like, <laughs> it'll be so mysterious. Maybe then... we'll be buried together, like next to each other. Yeah. And mine will say, hi, Christine. Yours will say, hi, I'm. And we'll think that's so clever. <laughs> what if mine says, yours says, and mine says, that's why we. Then people are going to go, 
and why drink? I don't get it. <laughs> it won't make sense to anyone but us. That's all that matters. Mine will say hello, and then yours will be on the other side of the <gasps> country. And I'll <laughs> that is funny. Oh, my God. Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So by 1800, apparently 2% of New England's whole population had died from consumption um, because let's let me know if this sounds topical to you, mm. um, because people didn't know yet, nor did they pay attention to the fact that it was spreading through the air. So if one person contacted it in your family, it didn't take long for every other person to get it. I love that you just said no one understood or paid attention to the fact that it got apparently spread. that was i just love that it was like even if they knew they just fucking ignored it like it, that is topical and history new. repeats itself yeah, i suppose fortunately so uh seven months after uh holy shit was his name also george no george brown who married mary eliza that's right so there's a george of moses and an Elias. where's abner bring him on right now <laughs> I need him back right now. I miss him dearly. Where's Lydia Chlamydia? <laughs> she's um, always here. <laughs> she's always here in spirit. She's in our hearts. She's always a, a little too nearby. A little too close <clears throat> contact. So seven months after Mary Eliza died, who was George's wife, uh, their 20-year-old daughter, Mary Olive, also got consumption um, and died. Um, Jeez. What's weird is the whole town turned up t- for her funeral. Um, but like as you'll see in the future like the town doesn't show up for the other family members like they like really gave a shit about mary olive well maybe when wait did she die first she died died second because hmm. i'm thinking like maybe at that point people were like i don't want to contract maybe it was still shit. fresh and scary and yeah or then they people, realized they didn't want it and they didn't want to be around or people didn't know it was spreading Spread, right and then by the time others died they they were like we're not leaving our house right. as you shouldn't um i say as i'm in another part of the nation yeah oh so what's interesting also is that so many people showed up to her funeral even though she had just joined the church like two weeks ago like she was pretty new like but everyone showed up for her funeral wow five years after her death her brother edwin um also uh was getting really sick from consumption um not wanting to risk losing any more of his family, his father, George, who'd already lost two of his three kids. Oof. Or no, he'd already lost his wife and his and one of his three kids. Right. Um, he rushed his son to the doctor. And 
he did have consumption and the doctor said, okay, well, we're going to send you off to Colorado because back then they would mm -hmm. send you somewhere to quarantine. Fresh air. To isolate from others. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Are you getting the hint? Are you inside right now? Am I getting the hint? Are they getting the hint? I don't think I'm getting the hint. Stay inside. Oh, I thought there was like some like deeper clue to the story. Nope. Just oh. very direct. Um, yeah, very direct and very clear. So they sent him off to Colorado to quarantine and isolate. But uh, months later, uh, apparently their middle child, Mercy Lena, also had tuberculosis. Oh, no. Um. So hers apparently was called galloping consumption. Uh-oh. Which is a whole new phrase that I'm very in love with. That I don't know. But I guess it meant that she had actually um, gotten it a long time ago when like her brother was still around. Oh, and she had it she had it dormant. Dormant the whole time. <gasps> and galloping means like out of nowhere it just shows That's up. That's frightening. It's like you could just have it and it's and just not like even laying in wait. Yeah, exactly. Oh no. Um so she died almost immediately. Oh. So you, she thought she was in the clear and then just like basically within a week that was dead. Sucks. Um so she was buried uh in what was then called Shrub Hill, but now it's called Chestnut Hill or Historic Cemetery number twenty two. Mm -hmm. um but because of the harsh temperatures at the time where she died it was like super cold out and they couldn't dig into the ground they had to wait for it to thaw right so she was in a holding vault uh oh um <clears throat> and so that becomes important later during uh waiting for her to be buried edwin's condition got worse and george's family became the talk of the town of like holy shit everyone in your family is going to die from this mm. um Yikes. so local lore suggested that the more deaths you had in your family from consumption meant that there was more of a chance of a vampire. <sighs> like if you have five people in your family and four of them are dead, like there's a reason it's it couldn't have possibly been because you're near each other and it's contagious, right. but it's because there's a vampire. Um, so people assumed that in George's family, there must be a vampire. And some people reported actually seeing a woman walking in mm. the cemetery through the fields and so as Edmund got worse, um, he was also saying that he felt like someone was sitting on his chest and suffocating him. Oh, no. So even if it was a ghost, they're like, no, it's not a ghost. It's a vampire. Even if it was a ghost or like you just have tuberculosis. Or you just have tuberculosis. Sure. So uh, apparently back then, the signs for a vampire were different than today. We're like afraid of garlic or can't right. see the reflection um vampires then were a blurry shape with no skeletal structure ew and they had snouts instead of noses that they sucked their victims blood that's like from. way scarier that's way scary right like yeah ew. instead of just sharp teeth no skeletal structure and blurry and a snout <clears throat> apparently after like a month of being a vampire or sucking the life out of people you slowly take more of a human form and because you become stronger and stronger you life from them oh no yeah you're you're they're transferring their life or life into you and so you instead of being blurry you slowly like take more of a shape and a form and therefore you're stronger and therefore harder to kill um <clears throat> so another fun fact apparently in uh the balkans for uh regions that were uh that believed in vampires they said that fruit like pumpkins or watermelons could also become vampires oh my god none of us are safe your kitchens it's halloween coming up I'm you better be nervous of your pumpkin cold brew oh my god you're drinking Shit. liquid vampire actually um that's pretty pretty spooky uh apparently they would become vampires if you left them out for more than 10 days or you didn't eat them by christmas 
I would be screwed. And a drop of blood on fruit. So like even if it was like a bug or a I don't know, a person who wasn't very like cl- like hygienic. <laughs> hygienic or clean. Um Well if it's there true was... if you're cutting fruit and you cut yourself. Right. Something. So if you had a drop of blood on fruit, um apparently that was also a sign that it could turn to a vampire because now it's tasted your life. This this peach is like this oh, nectarine shit, is out to get me. <laughs> um, I want to be a human now. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, apparently if you throw seeds or a fishing net outside your door, it also keeps vampires away because they get compelled to count the seeds or the holes in the net. Yeah, I've heard of that. And they it like distracts them until sunrise and then you're safe. I love these just like vampires that are like, hold on, let me count this. It's a blurry shape, but if you throw a net outside, your watermelons will be fine. It loves mathematics, though. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so the townspeople are talking to George, basically like a vampire intervention. And they're saying, like, <laughs> oh. he's about to die. You're about to lose every member of your family. Um, like, he's the last one to go. We have to find out who the vampire in your family is that is sucking out the life of all of your relatives. So they wanted to reopen all of his family's members' coffins and exhume them. And if one of them happened to be a vampire and looked like it was no longer blurry or like it was like taking more of a human lively form, they would assume that was the vampire and then deal with it accordingly. So the hopefully the corpses are blurry with snouts and then they'll be fine. Like bingo, what? Bingo. This is the uh, the same logic of the signs. <laughs> so bad. So this can't um, go anywhere good. Well, telling signs to know whether or not this thing the the dead bodies were vampires. Telling signs would be if they still had liquid blood on them. Uh huh. That hadn't dried or coagulated. It would be fresh blood. Sure. Um, and therefore it would have been recently or more alive than the others. I mean, that makes some sense. So others thought that the dead could come back unless once you exhume the bodies, you burned their organs or their entire body until Dump they were in. until they were ashes. Don't take the time to remove all the organs. Uh, just get the whole <laughs> just, body. Just apparently. toss them in. So March seventeenth, eighteen ninety two, was the uh, the grand old day that they decided to exhume these bodies. Um, and it was held by Chief Medical Examiner Dr. Metcalf. Uh, it was 317. That's St. Patrick's Day, right? Yeah, it is. The lucky day. The luck of the Irish. Um, and so Dr. Metcalf, he even discouraged that they exhume all these bodies. Um, he he was getting paid. So he was like, I guess I'll do this. But like, I don't understand. This doesn't medically make sense. Like he was on board that this was not cool. But he was getting paid. He was like, fine, I'll do it. And George didn't want to do it. But he was like, my neighbors won't shut up and like, just leave me in peace while my son dies. And everybody in my family's dying. Also, there's yeah. that. Right. So he was like, he did it basically to like appease his neighbors, which is an awful reason also, to like, assume your nothing. family. He was just like, probably sad. Yes. And alone. So um, Mercy, they, the middle one, the one who died recently from galloping consumption. Sure. Um, remember... She hadn't been placed in the ground yet because, or she had only recently been she placed in the ground because the ground had just thawed. In the tomb, right. Okay. So the mom and the oldest daughter, they had been buried for a lot longer. Right. And Mercy had been preserved until she could have been buried, which was only a couple of weeks before this happened. Right. Um, But so she had only been buried, I think, for a month. And some sources say that uh, Mercy Lena's mother and sister they were the first exhumed and they had decomposed at a natural rate so they're like okay it can't be the wife or the or the daughter and uh basic oh uh, hang on 
And then because oh, and then they dug up Mary Marcelina, and obviously, like she hadn't totally decomposed yet, even though she died a while ago. But she was still preserved by the cold outside eaten, yeah. in a vault. So like she, and also she died later than them, like five years later than them. So she looked less decomposed, I see. and therefore they thought she must be the she's not a blur- vampire. She's not blurry enough. She's not blurry enough. Her snout is more of a nose. <laughs> more pronounced. So real quick before I uh, carry on. In 2020, one of the primary vampire historians out there, mm-hmm. um, which is a very cool job. Really? Um, his name is Dr. Michael Bell, and he wrote a book called Food for the Dead. Ooh. And it's basically this extensive interview with descendants of Mercy Lena. And one of those uh, descendants is still a resident of the exact same town, Exeter, Rhode Island. Mm. And this in the book, this is one of the excerpts from one of Mercilina's ancestors um, or descendants. Sorry. Uh, His name's Everett. Quote, Everett heard the story from people who had actually been there. The newspaper says they exhumed all three bodies, but Everett said they only dug up Mercilina. He implied that there was some sign that Mercilina was the vampire. Everett said that after they had dug her up, she was turned over in her grave, but there's no mention of that in the newspapers or eyewitness accounts. So even if she was the only one dug up, I think they assumed that she must be the vampire because she clearly moved around in her coffin. Like she, she, oh, I thought they turned her over. No, she was found turned over. Ew. Yeah. What? So they think they Wait, were. That's really weird. That they still can't come up with an explanation for, unless like for all we know they were digging her up and like Tumbled knocked her it, around. Right? Yeah, like, like, dropped like the coffin. But so I think they, according to this descendant who has heard eyewitness accounts, they only dug up one person, but then it was suspicious enough they didn't dig up the others. They were like, we already found her. Right. But one, the one lore, for one. But the lore is that they dug up all three and she was the most alive looking. Which, like, again, is not even lore because it's, like, probably true. It's, it's factual. She, yeah. Like, was, she was the, the she most was five years less decomposed the less than she'd been dead one. The snow. Yeah. Right. So uh, when they opened her coffin, her eyes were open. Her face was flushed. Apparently her lips were full of color. Her hair and nails had grown, which the others didn't. And when they prodded her, she was still filled with blood more blood than the other decomposing people so they assumed it must have been her so apparently the townspeople they cut her chest cavity open Mm. because you're supposed to remove Mm -hmm. the organs and burn them um and this is a quote the newspaper said her heart and liver had blood in it it was liquid blood which they interpreted as fresh blood and therefore she was alive this poor dad is like oh my god i can't win i just wanted to fucking appease my neighbors and like prove that everyone was dead and And now they're like my kids rest messing around with her body yikes so they um they removed her heart and her lungs and they burned them on a rock nearby which the local legend is that the rock that they burned her organs on still shows next to her grave um and you can still go to her grave by the way it's still there um and apparently the rock next to it there's like a from what i heard there's some rocks that do have scorch marks on them (gasps) but like it could have been like just some like shitty teenagers like trying to make it look scarier but that is creepy if yeah if it's true um but so they burned them on a rock nearby others apparently beheaded her oh goodness um and yeah remember like the dad did this to just satisfy the neighbors yeah beheading his that's horrifying um and to cure edwin because he was still alive oh god um he's like no so they got just to make sure i think the idea was if she had been sucking the life out of him then he could get the life back Uh from her and so to cure Edwin, 
the ashes of Mercy Lena's heart and lungs were added to either his medicine or water, and he had to drink it. So he his had, sisters. So he drank oh. his sister. Ew. And then died anyway two months later. <gasps> oh no. So he was the but he was the last to die from consumption in the town. And therefore they thought that they cured vampirism. He was just like because a, he was the last a martyr for this yes. cause. Oh my god. So they think because he was the last one to die from it, no more vampires were killing people Stopped because him. vampire equals consumption. If no one has consumption, there are no more vampires. So I think they stopped it by Whoa. killing Mary Lena again. Right. So um, anyway, this made the town think that they solved the problem and there was never another case of vampires in Rhode Island. Um, but Lena was put uh, in a vault before being buried. And so she was probably just better preserved. It had nothing to do with the fact that she was a fucking vampire. <laughs> um but no one to this day can explain why her body was positioned the way it was when they found it. Ugh. Although there are no records suggesting that maybe they just knocked her over. Right. Um, her grave also, has... Also, wasn't that not even in the newspaper? Like, it was just like... Yeah. There's the like, guy said it was just eyewitness. There's minimal accounts of this. So who knows what happened. Right. Um, so Mercy Lena Brown's grave has now attracted many visitors that are especially interested in vampires mm -hmm. or spooky things like everyone that listens to this show. Mm -hmm. Um, one visitor apparently was the stage manager for a theater company called Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker yeah. is the guy who wrote Dracula. Um, and when Ooh. Bram died in the 1890s, they actually did find in his personal files clippings from Lena's case. <gasps> so they think that maybe there's a chance she helped influence his Dracula script. Sure. Um, and some think that she was the inspiration for the character Lucy, which is interesting because Lena Mercy sounds a little like the name Lucy. Oh, ooh, goose cam. Um, today, Mercy Lena um, is said to haunt the cemetery. People smell roses near her grave and they get EVPs of her talking. Um, people also say that they have been shoved near her plot if they get too close. Oh, Some, she's like, stop cutting my head like, off. What else do you want? God. Um, some say that they have seen strange lights in the cemetery near her grave. People report seeing particularly a bright blue light. They've also seen Mercy walking around town in the cemetery through the fields. Um, apparently, she also visits locals who are near death. Whoa. Many have reported talking to her right before passing. Oh, that's nice. And She's like helping people. Yeah, helping people cross over. That's and nice. people who aren't sick have watched their sick relatives talking to someone. <gasps> and then like, who are you talking to? And they're like, oh, Mercy. <gasps> or, or Mercy Lena or Lena. right there. Oh, God. Um, let's see. The grave now is a tourist hotspot, and people will leave mementos for her, including fake vampire teeth, which is kind of fucked up. But there is one that I appreciate it. People will leave, like, candy and flowers. But someone left a note that says, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was also one of our listeners I like to believe. Right. <laughs> I like to think. Um, and her headstone has since been tied down with iron straps because oh. so many people try to steal her headstone. Some assholes trying to steal her headstone. There is a rumor if you knock three times on her grave, <gasps> people, and if you say, Mercy Lena Brown, are you a vampire? She'll appear before you in some way. And her surviving relatives reportedly save any local newspaper clippings and a family scrapbook for her. Aww. And I don't know if this is true, but according to some travel sites, there is a Tupperware container next to her headstone that has a communal notebook for you to sign when you go there if you want to say something wow. to her. Wow. So that's the story of... You go, girl. You go, girl. Mercy Lena Brown, a.k.a. New England's last vampire. Goodness. What a story. 
What a story. What a case. Um, what a time to be alive. What a coincidence that there was a George Moses Anelli in that story. A little story. weird, huh? We really have to go back and look and see how many, like, what the famous, famous, what the popular baby names of that time were. I bet you they're, I mean, George makes sense. George, George is pretty universal. I think it's always there. Hmm. I wonder what names of today are going to be like now that they've been created as baby names are going to be like oh, universal I could probably give you time. a whole list i'm not going to do that because i'm going to offend somebody <laughs> so i'm just going to leave it at that the name is m mm-hmm. schultz <laughs> hopefully this becomes the classy a trashiest name. name of all time no no that one's christine right oh now. right right my bad yeah, yeah. which literally Mix them together and you get kremit that's classy trash. <laughs> Wait, hold on. that's classy trash. put that in a tupperware notebook Wait a minute. <laughs> i need to save that forever i have a tale for you and for you tall for tale you. It's a tall, tall tale. Oh, a tall, tall tale? Or is it just a tall tale? It's actually just a tale. Oh, okay. It's a pretty short tale. So a short tale. It's actually not short at all. So a medium tale. Medium. Okay. Average tale. Average tale. This is the story of Juana Barraza. Juana? Juana Barraza. Fun name. The old lady killer. That's a fun name. Also. Mexico City. Again, this is also, not again, because it's the first time I'm saying it, but. (laughs) You know the type. (laughs) You know what I'm thinking. Um. I, there are a lot of names here that I'm going to attempt to say out loud, and I apologize for that. Oh, are they, are they going to be hard to This takes place in Mexico. Okay. Let's just put it that way. So right now we've got Juana Barraza. Yeah. Okay. So Mexico City, it's 2005. Mexican police are faced with an alarming slew of murders. Uh Uh-oh. It was thought that since November 2002, 39 people had died at the hands of a cruel serial killer. Oh, no. Yeah. With the same M.O. He would strangle his victims, but more interestingly, his victims were all the same demographic. They were all older women, most of whom were abuelas or grandmothers. Aww. Yeah. So the media named him, oh boy, here we go, El Maraviejitas. Maraviejitas. Okay. The old lady killer. That's how I'm going to remember it. El Maraviejitas. Old lady. It's my attempt at it. The problem was they were having trouble catching the guy. So uh, I listened to an MFM episode on this, um, and apparently they even hired older women to bait him. Like, they would hire older women, not people dressed as older women, like older women to sit in the park and play victim. Right. Uh, At least have young people that can run dressed as older women. Yeah, yeah. Don't pick people with bad hips and knees. It's really not a nice idea. Um, But it didn't work, so they weren't able to catch him. Um, even the chief prosecutor in Mexico City at the time was quoted as saying, we're dealing with a brilliant mind. Did you just say the cute prosecutor? Chief prosecutor. Oh, my God. I think like, he and even the cute prosecutor couldn't do anything about hot. it. Super <laughs> hot. He's hot and that's about all of <laughs> the me... good qualities. <laughs> He's super hot, though. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, Christine, maybe there's a picture coming. <laughs> super trashy, super classy. Chief prosecutor <laughs> is super cute, was quoted as saying, we're dealing with a brilliant mind. Uh-huh. Um, so the murder streak was finally. Sorry, that made me think of basically what I said to you after the Space Camp video. Which, which is what? We're, we're dealing with a brilliant mind a here. A brilliant lunatic. <laughs> we're dealing with a brilliant lunatic. Uh, <sighs> emphasis on the lunatic part. Um, so the guys, the serial killer's murder streak was finally halted when on January 25th, 2006, a landlord spotted someone running from his tenant's home. When he entered, he found his tenant, Ana Maria de los Reyes Alfaro, murdered oh um so as the serial killer fled the scene the landlord chased him until police arrived and apprehended him that's a landlord yeah that's a good landlord uh, to be fair a couple sources said it was a tenant of hers some Uh, said it was the landlord 
So it's unclear, like... If it was the landlord? If it was anybody. I want that one, not the one that gives me cockroaches. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to trade out, I think. Um, Yeah, I want the one who's going to chase my If you're going to get murdered, like, you might as well. Sure. Um, So he chased down this serial killer until the police came to apprehend him. But when they cuffed him, they were shocked to discover that the serial killer was not the man they expected. In fact, it was not a man at all. It was a woman. Oh, no. Was it an old lady? Was she just killing her own kind? No. Okay. It was 48-year-old Juana Barraza. Okay. A woman. Oh, the name you already said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't uh, notice. Nope, didn't. According to an NYU paper, when Barraza was arrested, the only thing she asked for was a phone call so she could let her daughter know she wasn't going to be able to pick her up from school that day. That's sad, but also you're a killer. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of the entire story of this. Part of me wanted to go, aw. That's kind of the entire story. (laughs) Right. Actually. So Juana was born December 27th, 1957 in the Hidalgo region of Mexico. She was born to Justa Samperio, who was a sex worker who struggled with alcoholism and had had Juana at a young age. Um, Justa, I don't know if that's how you say it, but I'm going to try. Justa. J-U-S-T-A. That makes me think of Usta, which apparently means uh, lips. According to a VeggieTales song? Justa. I don't know. That's as far as I get when it comes to knowledge. I'm sure it's not Justa, so I'm just going to (laughs) try. According to True Crime All the Time, um, she was willing to do anything to get her next fix. And that comes into play with her parenting. Got it. Uh, Juana's father is a guy named Trinidad Barraza, and he was a police officer and cattle rancher who was apparently known for raising goats and procreating. Sure. Sure. sure, 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 sure. In fact, in an interview, uh, Trinidad claims to have fathered 32 children. So it was not fucking around. 32 children? Mm-hmm. Duggers. Okay. Duggers. Um, say it. Juana's parents weren't married at the time and had met at a nightclub when Justa was only 13. And uh, she was living with her mother and her mother's stepfather. Um, so, okay, hang, hang on. Sorry. She had fathered... She had mothered. She had not fathered anyone. She had parented. She had uh, birthed Juana Uh when she was very young. And then um, Trinidad, the dad, just kind of pieced. Like, he had 31 other children running around. I have some some other things I I need to attend to. And some kids. Oh, get it? Kids and goats. Both kids. Kids and kids. He had kids and kids and kids to attend to. So uh, he kind of pieced out. He wasn't like part of the picture. And so then Juana was raised. She was living with her mother and her mother's stepfather. Um, and the her mother's stepfather prevented Juana from receiving an education because he believed it was a waste of time for a girl to be educated. And then, of course, Juana's duh. mother started a relationship with her own stepfather. Oh. Um, so that's great. Uh, uh-huh. And... In general, she was not a great mother. Um, she, and by not great, I mean terrible. She would often abuse her. She would, uh, she would trade her for beer and alcohol and, um, oh, etc. Uh, gotcha. To grown men. Um, at one point in 1970, when Juana was 13, Husta sold Juana to a 60-something-year-old man called Jose Lucho for three beers. Holy shit! For good, like for good. Sent her off with Sayonara. this guy for three beers. Yep. Wow. So. Tragically, Juana, quote, lived as a slave in this man's house for five years. Um, she was 13, so from 13 to 18. So can I guess now that all of her vic- all her her killings were a revenge? Ding, ding, ding. Trying to, like, pay, like get it back at her mother. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, exactly. Um, so 
Jose raped Juana regularly, uh, would tie her up to a bed frame. She became pregnant by him twice and lost both pregnancies. At age 16, she uh, became pregnant with his son and nine months later gave birth to him. His name was Jose Enrique. Um, and that was her oldest child. It was around 1980. Juana was 23 years old when her mother died of cirrhosis of the liver. Um, apparently, she felt nothing about her mother's passing. Why which not? at yeah, this point, not shocking. Um, so this was liberating enough for Juana to pack up her things and leave Jose with her son, uh, Jose Enrique. And she didn't have an education, was illiterate, um, but she took whatever jobs she could find to try and like feed her kid. Um, after two serious and abusive relationships that ended badly, she married a man named Miguel Garcia. He was also abusive, but she stayed with him for four years and they had a child named Erica. So now she has two kids. She was surviving off her wages working at a chocolate factory. Okay, well, that's the best part I've heard. Of, that was also, there's also a chocolate factory in the, um, whatchamacallit episode. Remember? Was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Yes, it was Jeffrey Dahmer. I, He's like, not Ted Bundy, the other one. One of my a bucket list things is I would love to be a chocolatier one day. One of well, my... apparently it doesn't end well, so yeah. Luck well, I feel like maybe I'm a serial killer if I want to be a chocolatier. So I think maybe I hope I can that. I hope I can separate those two uh, for myself. She lost her job working um, in clothing, like delivery, clothing delivery, when her boss slapped her one day. This is just like, it's just she's having a really rough time. Yeah. Um, she, the saddest life of her, sorry, the saddest moment of her life was in 1984. Um, she called it the saddest moment of her life when Jose Enrique, her eldest son, died at age 24, of injuries sustained in a mugging after he was hit with a oh. baseball bat. Wow, she really can't it's win. just, like, not winning, yeah. So three years after that, in 1987, um, Juana's stepfather slash step-grandfather, the one that her mom's stepfather, who her mom had had a relationship with, right. um, also passed away. And this was, like, the only other person she, like, felt close to in her life. So she really had, like, a break. Nobody. Nobody. Um, she did have her kid her other Erica, child yeah. Erica but um you know she just felt like she lost a lot of important people she that same year met a guy named Felix Ramirez and they ended up living together for more than 10 years and had two more children together named Jose and Emma and um she alongside her jobs of cleaning houses and working at the chocolate factory Juana found another job which was probably the most like right turn left turn I don't know uh plot twist jobs uh -huh. of all time um she was a professional wrestler, luchador, luchadora. Okay, now I now we're on talking. Or you go from chocolatier, wrestler, uh -huh. bada bing, bada boom. She was selling popcorn and helping organize wrestling events for small town fiestas. When apparently she was recognized, um, or not recognized, she was like noticed selling popcorn and was like asked to she was discovered discovered. Yes, exactly. Um, her this name. This is her Hollywood story. This is her Hollywood story. Her, be true Hollywood story. <laughs> true. Uh, her ATWWD may be true Hollywood story. Um, her name was La Dama del Silencio, the silent lady. That was her like stage name. Um, and so there's this thing called gangstaname.com where you can get your Mexican wrestler, like your luchador name. So okay. do you want to know your, do you want to know ours? Surely. Cool. <laughs> so mine is Surfer Rojo, the red surfer, which sounds like I'm just on my period, but <laughs> fine, I'll take it. <laughs> and then Wait, so is your is your alias Aunt Flo? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> then Eva's is 
Halo Picante, which is like spicy hair, which actually like kind she's of literally a redhead. So yeah, fits. that's fun. Then M. Schultz is El Burrito Sin Pantalones, the burrito without pants. <laughs> you know, I've never <laughs> felt more seen. That's that, that kind of is how my life has been during all of this quarantine. <laughs> just burritos and no pants. Yeah, I'm like jealous. I'm like, I'm just on my period, which is also sort of like how this whole quarantine has been. I'm just like in pain all the time on the couch. Um, Wait, how do you say it again? El burrito. El burrito sin pantalones. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I'm probably about to, I'm about to get that spicy hair red surfer in the burrito without pants. I'm going to change my name to that. Legitimately the funniest thing I've ever read. Um, so she was just a fan of wrestling and she used it as like an escape. Um, and then when well, she it had to feel really liberating. Yeah. Well, so but originally she just used like watching it and oh. like, like watching it as an escape and she was a big fan. So then when she started selling popcorn and helping um, it was like organized events, she was spotted by a Lucha Libra promoter when he saw her selling popcorn. And uh, that's, when she started training and actually like participated in the sport um she was short but she did weight training twice a a week and had tremendous upper body strength and was able to lift 220 pounds same yeah only in burritos though yeah while i'm like selling popcorn (laughs) and not having pants on damn she could just lift that yeah so when asked why she chose the name la dama del silencio she said the reasoning was because i am quiet and keep myself to myself so uh-huh. she would fight in these Lucha Libre matches, um, which relies on a lot of like performance. It's sort of like WWE where it's like scripted and like sure. they have characters and there's like soap opera style plot lines and they wear masks. Um, I'm going to show you a picture of her and her mask. It's pretty banana. My mask would be made out of tortillas. Yeah, there you are. Oh, there, there she is. I, there I am. That is not, not you. That's an amazing, right? Amazing outfit. She is. I'm loving the purple, pink, like stripy spandex with a butterfly, like a mask. Power Ranger, like a Power Ranger. And this is a butterfly mask. Is it? Yeah. Hold on. Oh, that's fun. She's kind of scary. So um, anyway, so that's it's this like soap opera style, like really dramatic. And uh, she identified as a villain and uh, said she was Rudos, which is like the, the villains um, to the core, which like, yeah, we learned that pretty quickly um, after that. Uh, she'd compete wearing a pink Power Ranger style outfit with a Oh, my God. Did it say Power Ranger? Yes. Look at me go. I just somehow thought you like knew. I was like, no, wow, I'm Mighty like, Morphin gets my nose. Um, it was seen as an incredible dishonor for a Mexican wrestler to be seen without their mask, so she'd often wear it out and about <gasps> in her daily life. That's so life. cool. Yeah. I know she becomes a serial killer, but, like, yeah. I'm embracing <laughs> us right now. In her fighting career, she fought famous uh, fighters such as La Parca and Charlie Manson, which was, I looked him up, he's one of the guys. Charlie Manson. Yeah. Uh, doing this, she'd earn around 300 to fi- 500 pesos per fight, which is around 15 to $25. And um, so in 1995, she had two young children to feed. I think Erica was older at this point, and she had to think of a way to earn more money um, as wrestling wasn't really paying the bills. So she started stealing um, from shops out of necessity to support her family. And then that evolved to burglarizing homes. So Uh ultimately, Juana and a friend named Araceli, in 1996, they decided they were going to come up with this plan to steal money from elderly women, as well as 
trophy objects, such as ornaments, religious items, including crucifixes, rings, and Bibles. And they targeted older women because they were easy targets, often alone, more trusting, especially of two women. Sure. Um, and they like they wouldn't fight back, especially when she could fucking lift 225 pounds. Right. And, like, they wouldn't fight back. And even if they did, she would... They wouldn't win. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So they would both dress up in white clothes and pretend to be either nurses or social workers and would come and, like, offer help oh, to these no. older women. And one of them would keep the elderly woman occupied while the other would steal the objects. Um, and they wouldn't even realize what had happened until long after the two of them had left. I see. So at this point, Juana was, like, burglarizing people by day um, and a wrestler by night. Just a wild story line. What a story. Right? I really wish I didn't have to hate her. Because so far... That's I, what I'm saying. The whole thing is like... You're so like, far, I really like, you feel pity everything that she's had to go through. And then like what? Like a, an underdog story of yeah. like, this great career. It really goes south. So uh, Juana had met another untrustworthy and disloyal person in her life. Unfortunately, she got kicked again. Araceli was in a relationship with a guy named Moises. Almost Moses. Almost, holy shit i know that's weird i didn't even realize that until just now um named flores dominguez who was a police officer or moises flores dominguez who was a police officer and um araceli and her boyfriend conspired to extort juana because they had now this dirt on her um at this point juana had started doing solo missions where she was basically she was apparently a very good mother too like she was very loving very kind never laid a finger on her kids basically all she did was to you know get money to feed them um so after one a little robin hoodie so little far. robin hoodie yeah okay um and that actually kind of comes back so at this point juana had started doing these solo missions um after one solo burglary pol- police officer dominguez was outside and he demanded twelve thousand pesos which is 555 dollars in return for not arresting her so he's extorting her now got it um so now she's like shit i need 500 bucks to pay him off um, but now he's keeping an eye on her. So she's but like, she now the risk even, is higher. She can't rob. Right. To, yeah. Exactly. So they like, the risk is so much higher now. Um, but she kept going. She would target the, the woman whose house she was going to burgle. Then she would offer support in either carrying groceries or offer cleaning services. Um, or she would dress up as a social worker with like actual legitimate paperwork that she probably had stolen. Mm. And like, they never stood a chance. She had like the actual right. paperwork. She would come to the house, um, so in, when she was 42 in 1999, um, she and Felix Ramirez split. And then the following year, she was injured and had to quit wrestling. So double whammy. Yeah. She's not in a good place all over again. Um, so this all, everything kind of culminated when on November 25th, 2002, when after intending to burgle a house, she strangled Maria de la Luz Gonzalez, an older woman, to death. Um, apparently she didn't go in intending to kill Maria, but just snapped or M- Maria had insulted Juana, who later said, quote, when I saw them, I felt much anger and more when they acted out of the ordinary because of their money, they could humiliate me. So she was just like uh. she snapped. Yeah. Um, the event, the event, like, obviously shook her because she didn't really. She probably never planned to kill him. Yeah, it wasn't the plan at all. And, but then once she did, basically four months later. She's like, I'm going to keep doing that. It was like once she's maybe one. I'm she's assuming like that, here, but once she hit that high, that she like, she, she's, like the, she's like the peach. She's like the pe- the pumpkin that tasted human blood. And now she's just 
coming out of the ground to, watermelon. to eat us all. You know, you know, that's what I that's what I was thinking. So March 2nd, 2003, she murdered her second victim, Guillermina Leon Oropesa. She then went on to murder seven other elderly women that year Jesus. between the ages of 76 and 87. She went from zero to 60 yep. real quick. Yeah, actually zero to seven but uh-huh. yeah well <laughs> um she gets to 60 though don't we oh my god really it's a lot i don't think it's 60 but maybe i don't it's un- close the fact that it's almost that it's amount a lot it's, it's, it's over a dozen let's put it that way wow um so in 2003 she was spotted <gasps> and without her mask she was spotted without her mask and <laughs> you're right police began to take things more seriously at this point um and believe there's actually a serial killer. So in one uh, of these murder burglary instances, Juana had entered the house believing she was alone. However, her victim's son was in the house and <gasps> he spotted her. Another little Justin. Another little Justin. That's right. Yep. Um, so they were able to draw a they didn't draw. They I'm sure they did draw it, but they also created a bust like a clay bust of her face. Okay. But remember, they think it's a guy at this point. Remember, they kept oh, thinking right, they were right, looking right, right. for okay. a dude. So um, they got fingerprints. Because how many, sorry, but like how many women can lift like 200 pounds? Right. And like, you know. And there's a whole thing here where the Mexican, well, it gets bad. So from the son's description, police released a wanted poster and then um, a bust of El Maraviejitas. And interestingly, um, the use of El, again, indicates that they thought it was a man. Sure. Um, and to be more precise, according to a paper called Performing Mexicanidad, um, Criminality in Lucha Libre by Susana Vargas Cervantes, a man between 35 and 45 years old with homosexual preferences is who they thought. Because the son said he, that he was dressed as a nurse. Uh-huh. And so they were like, oh, well, it's a man Obviously. posing as a woman. Obviously. So he must be a homosexual, quote unquote. He must be a raging Raging homosexual. Uh-huh. Yes. So the police like couldn't fathom that a woman could, you know, do these crimes. Um, but they knew that the killer was dressed as a female nurse. So the police had these sketches. One was feminine, one was masculine looking, and they believed it was a man wearing women's clothing to gain access to the victim's apartment. Um, other people came forward with vague descriptions, like saying he was tall, some saying um he was wearing a red blouse, like there were all these wild uh things they added. So she killed, in 2004 alone, killed 14 more people. So wow, at least one a month. Um, Juana was building up her MO. Like, at this point, exactly what you said, the psychology is wild. Like, she's literally offering to help these older women who are all over 60. They range from 60 to 92. Um, People who reminded her of her mother, and she believed they were a hindrance to society. And uh, they really line up to kind of her mother's own persona like she literally pictured them as her mother and was seeking revenge after her tumultuous upbringing and there was like a strange coincidence that was sort of a red herring all uh three of her victims had the same painting it was called boy in a red waistcoat and it was like this painting that they all had so they were like maybe it's somebody targeting this the was artist it just a popular this... painting yeah and oh, like okay. georgia my favorite brother said something like they probably all like went to the same market and like all these old ladies like the same painting you know like it's just all had like the the same subscription to the same magazine exactly exactly um and apparently also she tended to uh target like wealthier people so it might have just been like they had these 
fancy painting. They all had a baby grand piano. It's not, <laughs> that's got to be they it. They all had mother of pearl. They all had Teslas. They were just parking themselves when we got there. <laughs> ah, oh. And um, she would then strangle them either with a stethoscope, pantyhose, stockings, phone cables, or scarves. Oh, so anything she could find. Anything she could find. Um, in mid-2005, she started dating a taxi driver called Jose Herrera, but he was known as El Frijol, the bean. I was going to say. He's nicknamed. I was like, I know that word. Frijoles. <laughs> since I am the we burrito a without lot pants. Of burritos. <laughs> um, in April alone of 2005, she killed four people in seven days. From the 13th to the 20th of April, killed that was a busy week. four people. Wow, she must have been in a bad mood. So, total now is 35 people. <gasps> yeah, she's getting up there. Then, September 28, 2005, police found the body of Carmen Camilla Gonzalez Miguel, who was 82 and extremely wealthy, and the mother of noted Mexican criminologist Luis Rafael Moreno Gonzalez. So now mother, wealthy mother of a criminologist, now the police are like, okay, we're actually going to launch an operation and figure this out finally, finally one of these grandmas finally, matter i yeah, guess yeah so they finally this is when they started paying elderly women to act as bait in parks um they started was he like brothers with the cop who like <laughs> probably knew how to be a hypnotist or something cri- <laughs> <laughs> sheriff thomas yeah, yeah. <laughs> um now this is where things get really fucking dark in october i mean they already are but in october of 2005 the police arrested 49 trans women who worked as sex workers um, as they strongly believe this was the demographic of the killer because it was a man dressed as a woman, quote unquote. God forbid, first of all, that a man be a nurse. Let's like, God forbid. Yeah. First of all. Uh, right. All, but yes. Also, this is like on its own <sighs> fucked up. Yeah. Like, And they couldn't even like conceptualize the fact that this could have been a woman to begin with. Like, right. There just couldn't be. So during this time, she got away with one more murder on October 18th. Um, and. Interestingly, a week before her next murder, she did a TV interview about wrestling. So she's still like in the wrestling world on TV. So was this like a celebrity scandal that I've just sort never of. heard of? Sort of. Because like if of... like The Rock did this, oh, like he, he would, would never. Know. He would never. He would never. He's such a little such gem. gem. Um, on October 25th, 2006, Juana was going about her normal business, you know strangling people yeah. um as you do as you do according to banderas news she was targeting a woman named anna maria de los reyes alfaro um and she strangled her with a stethoscope and that is when either the landlord or the tenant or whomever saw her leaving the apartment mm-hmm. chased her down police apprehended her now they knew who their the guy quote-unquote was mm-hmm. um so she was picked up by a passing police patrol. She was carrying a stethoscope, a sphygmomanometer. Sphygmomanometer. Oh, those. I have five of them. Yeah, no, in your burrito. You just wrap them. <laughs> they... In my pants, but they're in the other room. <laughs> That's why you don't remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they measure blood pressure, fun fact. Blaze, you listening? No. He, okay. He was like, yeah, I knew that. He's like, I told you how to say that. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, she was also carrying pension forms, a social worker ID card. She was not a social worker. And the names and addresses of elderly women who received monthly relief checks. Once arrested, she yelled, yes, I did it. The police. Yeah. The, well, yes, but she only admitted to that particular one. Oh. Interestingly enough, the police obtained a search warrant for her address, found newspaper clipping, clippings of all her crimes methodically stored, as well as trophies from her victims. They also found an altar in her home with figurines of the folk saint Jesus Malverde, who is often referred to as the angel of the poor and is sort of a Robin Hood type figure. I see. Interestingly yeah. enough. Well, um, I, I guess power you really and Robin Hood. You're really like 
quarantine has been doing favors for me and my cartoon knowledge. You and your burrito. <laughs> um, so also to Santa Muerte, who within Mexican folk Catholicism is a personification of death and is often looked up to. Um, when walking up to her trial, a reporter asked how many elderly women she had killed. And she supposedly said, this is the first, according to LA Times. So okay. she was like, I only did one. She was tried for 30 murders. She pled guilty to the one where she was caught saying, I only killed one little old lady, not the others. It isn't right to pin the others on me. You can't possibly you think can't it's me possibly. when I only have one murder. By the way, she looks just like the, the bust. Really? Yeah. I hope I have a photo of it. Let me see. It might have gotten covered up, um, but I'll show it to you afterward. We'll put it in the... Oh, no. Here it is. Whoa. Isn't that creepy? That's oddly it's like unsettling someone did a really good job with that bust someone is a uh a uh, sculptor a extraordinaire sculptor. yeah yeah so uh she only admitted to one even though like she definitely did more um she was found guilty of 16 uh and 12 bank robberies according to the guardian when she heard the verdict she said may god forgive you and not forget me oh okay i mean like if this were like a strong, powerful, confident feminist who had done nothing wrong. Exactly. This was just like your tagline. I'd be like, okay. If that were like a witch at the witch burning saying like, may yeah. God forgive you and not forget me. I'd be like, hell I mean, yeah. That is a fucking You go girl. What's, what's that? Nally? No. You Mary? What's the Mary, one underground? Uh, Mercy Lena. Mercy Lena. You go girl. You go girl. But yeah, um, but this is her a different... saying it now I'm like, Ugh. yikes. Yeah. Like so, I really wish I could respect you so I could empower you with yeah that. but like we're not gonna um according don't kill people's grandmothers please um according to the guardian yep she said that sorry i said that already so juana is currently imprisoned in the santa marta acatitla prison on a sentence of 759 years but only has to serve 60 which is the maximum sentence in mexico and is currently on her 12th she's very popular she prepares tacos sells them in the courtyard monday to wednesday so what? you know um she also started courting a or was courted by another inmate named Miguel Angel, who uh, courted her through letters. And they began a relationship over writing, and slowly uh, she fell for the guy. And in 2015, 58-year-old Juana wed 74-year-old inmate Miguel, who was being held for murder. They had never set eyes on each other before the wedding. They'd only written love letters to each other. Love is blind. Love is blind. It's like the original. Oh, my gosh. But their ceremony included food, music, and cake provided by prison officials. Wow. So apparently 48 other couples have gotten married in this same prison, which the Mexican government promotes uh, in a program called Lazos and Reclusión, which is bonds in confinement, to help inmates forge personal relationships. Huh. Well, that's nice. Okay. However, they didn't last very long. Uh, in 2016, a mere year after being married to Miguel, they divorced. They had only seen each other three times for a cumulative total of 40 minutes. <laughs> during their marriage but that was i guess enough for her to be like nah i'm done she was like okay Bye. if i hit 45 minutes i'm gonna kill you so <laughs> yeah, true it's like get out of here listen you don't want to screw with her um since her sentence in 2008 juana has since admitted to killing four other women so now she's like well i killed five so like she uh -huh. definitely killed more um martin baron who interviewed her in 2006 for his book which is in english called the knot of silence on the trail of a serial killer deduced that quote aside from the excitement that came from robbery and homicides in the history of barraza additional excitement is found in the fact that at age 30 she started to practice lucha libre so if you're like i need to know more about this juana which like i think we all are there is a song called la maravilla hitas by mexican singer 
Oh my goodness. Uh, um, um, I hear people laughing at me. I'm so sorry, everybody. Amanda Titita, which features the lyrics. <clears throat> I'm not going to sing them, but I will read them. Don't want me to hold your hand? Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope. That's enough of that. <laughs> Too much already. La Mara Viejitas wants to get rid of your grandmother. No one can stop this shameless person. She is a professional wrestler. She used to call herself La Dama del Silencio. No one suspected or could have imagined such a thing. This killer could be your neighbor. And that is the story of huh. La Mara Viejitas, La Dama del Silencio, the old lady killer, Juana Barraza. Wow. It's a good story. It's pretty wild, huh? There was a lot of ups and a I mean, lot of downs. A lot of ups and a lot of downs. In that, in that costume. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's the uh, that's the story. Morning Glory. Huh. That's it. That's the one. Wow. Thanks for listening. Well, uh, good job. Thank you. I really like that one. It's good, right? Yeah. It's pretty weird. I was allowed to emotionally uh, be attached to parts of that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could feel for her while also for condemning second. her act- actions. Uh-huh. I like could you feel, can yeah, yeah, feel yeah. for someone and like understand where they come from, but also like yeah, not appro- approve of their behaviors. Sure. Right? Yeah, I don't condone it, don't but condone I it. get it. Yeah, it's at least like. Listen, I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds, as I said, and I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says "unsub" for anyone just listening on audio, but. Um, yeah, you know, mind of a killer. Sometimes you just gotta trace it back to childhood. Yeah, I think actually there was an episode based on her on Criminal Minds oh, because was it really? they there's a Criminal Minds like page bio on her huh. on the Criminal Minds wiki. So Who are just, you? <laughs> I'm a I'm a, I I am me. I am the wife of um, Matthew Greg Goobler, MGG. Every time you say his name, I realize that I say it wrong in my head because I think say you- it. Say it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to remember what you just said, so I don't say the wrong one. MGG. Matt Matt Gubby Gubbler Gubby Gubbler. Matthew Gray Goobler. Goobler. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> anyway, Matt, I just think of it, Matt Gubby. <laughs> Listen, there's also Shamar Moore. There's a lot of people on that show that I'm just very attracted to. Well, cross I'm sure you're not alone. No, I'm I'm, sure I'm, I'm not because I once <laughs> mentioned the quote. I literally said on the show. All I want to talk about is Matthew Gray Goobler and all the freaking Gen Z youth came at me on Twitter like, I'll talk about him with you. And I was like, great. I'm glad I'm not alone. That's all well, I want to talk about. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're probably going to go eat some cheesecake. Okay. We love you. Uh, but we love cheesecake more. <laughs> love you. And cheesecake. Mean Double mean it. Um if you would like to know more about us, uh, we have a website, and that's why we drink.com. We also have social media, uh, ATWWD podcast, which it's is verified, verified on Twitter and Instagram, as am I. Christine? The end. <laughs> and that's why we drink. We drink.